What does awareness mean to you? So the word awareness. Um, to me, the first thing that jumps out is just being present, being in the moment, in the now, you know, which can be really hard to do in today's day and age. But there's a power to being in the now, letting go of worry about the future, worry about the past, what's to come. You know, you let all that go and you be completely aware of where you are right now. And I think that uh, magic can happen. The concept of awareness and choosing sooner has always fascinated me. Well, this week, we have a special guest with us, Sage Dyer. And she involves herself in a conversation with us about how she moves through awareness, choices, and actually choosing sooner. Welcome to the Avi Om Experience, a conversation about simplicity, spirituality, stillness, space, and solitude. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's amazing journey. So what's going on, V? Just, you know, hanging out. How are you feeling? It's been a busy day, um, full of sessions today, and um, the weather's still nice here in Michigan, which is super crazy cool. So yeah, it's good. So one of the things that you've just been kind of playing with me on my mind and stuff like something I wanted to talk to you about is the energy and the word awareness, the energy around it, you know, what it means and how we can come to it. So when I say the word awareness to you, what's like the first thing that that comes to you energetically? Consciousness. Awareness uh, for me is consciousness. Um, A lot of times looking in our world, um, we see a lot of, not from a judgment perspective, but unawareness or or maybe some things that are happening that um, we don't like or something that we're connected to or um, often a lot of judgment is connected to unawareness or what are you not doing or, you know, um, things, judgment of people, of their experiences and whatnot, especially if they're not doing what you want them to do. <laughs> we, we could say that that would be unawareness, but I believe awareness is consciousness, it's connectedness, it's um, integrity, it's uh, um, doing the, the right thing, uh, present moment, mindfulness, uh, all the above. What, what is your definition? It's almost awareness is for me anyway, it comes into that knowing awareness is, I always call it the cheat, the cheat code to life, to to being human. Because when you become aware, it's almost like you open up, I don't want to say Pandora's box because it sounds like it's evil, but you open up this box where it's almost like the back end of being human, you know, where you, awareness is a superpower to me. Interesting, you you mentioned the word knowing because in the intuitive world we call that claircognizance, which is clear knowing, and that knowing is you just know what you know because you know, period, which is like the the channel from the divine. But then it also means the the moment of now being in being in in the present, and I believe uh, that we have someone with us that knows how to be in the now. So why don't you let us know who we have with us? Yay. Um, We have the pleasure to be speaking with an amazing, and amazing soul, um, Sage Dyer, who I've had the pleasure of speaking with and meeting last year for the first time. And then we've stayed in touch and um, done some things together. And we were very blessed to have her 
uh, with us in Maui, uh, March of this year as uh, speaking at our retreat. So hello, Sage. Welcome. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. <laughs> Yay. It's so fun. Thanks for being here. <laughs> of course. I'm excited. Yeah. And you're coming from, well, obviously we're in Michigan, which a lot of people know, and you are in New York. I am. Yeah. And tell us um, what's been going on in your world lately. Well, um, yeah. So I actually recently found out I was pregnant, which was (laughs) quite a surprise, actually. So that's been an experience of surrendering and um, accepting. I mean, I definitely always wanted a baby. I just didn't know it was going to happen right now (laughs) and so soon. So, yeah, but it's been a really fun, exciting time of um, truly surrendering to your body that's this just this miracle worker that can grow a new life, but does take a toll on the way you feel. So, you know, letting that process, uh, you know, do what it has to do and, and just surrendering to it. Like I said, it feels like surrender is a big uh, theme for me right now, as well as awareness. Um, being, you know, there's a lot of awareness going around, awareness of my body, awareness of the changes that are taking place, and then surrendering to those changes and just admiring this miracle that, uh, that we can create. So that's been the biggest thing on my mind right now. <laughs> so, right. No, congratulations. And so you use the word surrender. So why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that? And like, you know, I know we all have an idea of what surrendering means. It's kind of like, like letting go or like, almost, some people can even think surrender is like giving up. And I know that's not mm-hmm. the situation, you know, the way you're presenting it. But how, what, what does that mean to you, the word surrender? Yeah, no, totally. I think there is, sometimes people use that word with a negative connotation of, um, you know, you're giving up or letting go and not going to, you're not going to give it your all anymore. But that's not what I mean. I think there are times to give it your all and to not give up and to not necessarily surrender. And, and that's it. Those times are important as well. But I think that there are situations that you find yourself in where you have to surrender because resisting, there is no point, you know, I I mean, I, I learned this lesson when my dad passed away. It was like at the beginning, my subconscious mind was, was, uh, resisting so hard this idea that my dad was gone. I had dream after dream of, um, of, you know, I would find my dad and I, I would really, and I would say, you don't have to die if you just don't be in this place at that time. And what, or I'd find him and it would be, um, you know, I'd, I'd realize that he wasn't dead. He was actually alive. He's just been missing or, you know, and it was just so clear that my subconscious mind was resisting this idea that he was gone from the physical world. And at that time I didn't have, um, I wasn't getting signs from him. I wasn't getting, I wasn't having dreams where I truly felt he was visiting me. It was more these like panicked anxiety dreams of finding him or convincing him not to die, things like that. And it wasn't until I surrendered because what choice did I have? You know, you can't bring someone back into the physical world that was, that's gone. And so when I did just recognize that I was, I was in a position where I needed to surrender, um, I stopped resisting. I started to allow I started to allow, you know, allow the signs and the miracles and the communication that I still feel that I get from my dad. I was started to allow that to show up by stopping the the energy of resistance. And it's it's a situation I'm in now. You know, I'm I'm pregnant. It was like I said sooner than 
I expected. <laughs> but and I'm not saying women don't have a choice because I believe everyone has their own choice. But where I am in my life right now, I didn't feel like I really had a choice. Not that, and I didn't want you know a choice. I, I want this baby, but still, it was a it's an experience of surrendering of you know accepting and allowing. And and once I did that, at first. I had mixed feelings. I, you know, I was confused. I was thinking about all the things I can't do anymore. My friend's weddings that I'm going to have to miss because of flying restrictions and all this stuff. And you're going through all of this. And again, it's the energy of resistance. And, and once I just, you know, I said, well, what is the point of thinking about these things? Because it is what it is. I'm in the situation I'm in. I'm meant to be in the situation I'm in. This child, you know, chose me now, wants to be you know, wants to come through now. This is the perfect time. And, and I just began to surrender and surrender to the nausea that I feel all the time <laughs> and the throwing up and the, you know, not being able to eat the things I want to eat because they make me sick. Surrendering to that too. And just resting and taking it easy when I can and, you know, doing things when I feel good. It's been a whole process of surrender, but I do feel when you find yourself in these situations where you really don't have a choice you allow it to become go from like a negative situation and shift into a positive when you surrender to the situation you're in. Yeah. You know, often I, I say that, you know, what we want and what um, our soul wants can be two very different things, you know? And so, so when you step into that resistance and you, you learned um, the beautiful energy of surrender, I'm not a fan of, you know, when people say go with the flow, because I, I, I feel that we're just, that's almost an energy of giving up, but I love the energy of surrender because you are almost uh, um, moving through surrender with awareness. Like you're finding the blessing of all these experiences of being pregnant and this miracle of this life that's moving inside of you and that this soul has uh, chosen you, right. um, you know, you and your husband to um, be its parents. And so, you know, how, when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, what, how beautiful is that? I mean, that's, that's amazing. So, exactly. Yeah. And you would do it again and again and again, especially, you know, even though it may not be the quote unquote perfect time that you would want, but it's the perfect time that the soul wants. And, you know, Chris and I've had many of these conversations that, you know, this, this universal consciousness, God energy that, um, we feel that this, this life force of, of the divine uh, um, creates so many plans ahead and we create, we co-create those plans so many years in advance. And so we may not feel it's the appropriate time in this moment, but when we find the blessing and move into the place of surrender, everything is so divinely orchestrated um, it, it, as, as it unfolds in the future. So yeah, we just may not like it right now. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's what so. we think we want or what we think is best for us isn't always, you know, the case. I mean, even with with my dad passing away, it's like, of course, would I give anything to bring him back? Of course I would because I miss him and he's my dad and, and I love him so much. But but the process of losing him in, uh, in the physical has just taught me so much and caused me to grow so much as a person that there is a side of it that I can have gratitude for like true gratitude, not just trying to make the best of a bad situation. I mean, I just, I became a person with a, with a more worldly view and a far more compassionate person. And I became somebody who ironically began to follow my dad's teachings. 
not that I didn't follow them before, but they just didn't apply to me ever in such a big way until after he was gone and I was going through something real. And, um, so, you know, I, sometimes, you know, it's what we think we want versus what we need. And yeah, it's not always the same thing. So just surrendering to that has taught me a lot. You know, um, I, while we're on this topic of surrender and the timing of your pregnancy and, and discussing that, you know, I, um, I think I texted you this the other day that, um, when you spoke in Maui in March and you were sharing with all the attendings and all of us, um, you mentioned something that your, your dad spoke of uh, to you about choosing sooner. And I will tell you, Sage, I, I use that, um, verbiage and I share that with so many people on a daily basis, it has become one of the most pivotal things that um, I've learned from you. And, um, and I think that this is when, when you had messaged about you being pregnant and I'm like, Oh, choosing sooner, you know, <laughs> you're choosing sooner right now. Um, and the soul's choosing uh, sooner. Um, can you share with us that story about, um, how he shared choosing sooner with you? Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's kind of a long story, so I'm just going to go into a whole long thing. I mean, uh, yeah, so when, like I was kind of just saying a minute ago, before my dad passed away, I, I obviously grew up around these sorts of teachings and, um, and ideas that, you know, we're spiritual beings having this temporary human experience and on and on it goes. All the things, if you've followed my dad's work or anybody like him in the spiritual world, I think you know what I'm talking about. And I, yeah. <laughs> so I was, a. It's I grew up around these ideas. My mom is very much, um, just like my dad and, and similar beliefs. And I was, you know, some of the, some of the things my parents would be teaching me were definitely different than the things my friends' parents were teaching them. But anyway, I would describe myself as someone who was a believer in the types of things I grew up around, but also a little bit skeptical and just a little unsure, you know, like my dad would come out in the morning and, you know, after his mom had passed away and he would say that he had a visitation from his mom and she appeared to him in his room. And I'm not going to lie. I would kind of be like, well, did she really though? <laughs> Is that <laughs> like, really dad? possible? <laughs> you know, and, it, and that would just kind of be one of my reactions, but I also believed him. I didn't think he was lying. So, but it, like I said, it just didn't apply to me yet. I hadn't lost somebody who I was extremely close to and, um, hadn't really struggled. I've lived a very blessed life. So yeah, so I grew up as a skeptic and a believer. And so when my dad did pass away and, um, and I found out about this, I mean, my world was rattled because my dad was, uh, in really great health as far as we knew when he passed away, you know, he died. I had been with him traveling for six weeks. I had been with him the entire summer. I had been with him out in Maui for a month. And then I came back to New York for a week. And then I went with him for a work trip through Australia and New Zealand for uh, three weeks. And then he passed away two days after we got back, basically the next day, because we got home. I mean, I got home at like midnight. He got home sooner because he was flying back to Hawaii and I was flying back to New York. But um, so, you know, finding out that he had died was just such a shock because I had just seen him so full of life and we had so much fun on that trip. And, um, and he was giving lectures at three day events. And anyway, it was just a, a shock. You know, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, my, my subconscious mind 
couldn't even comprehend it. I'd be, I'd be, you know, showering or just doing something that allows your mind to wander. And I would be thinking, I'd be feeling all these feelings and feeling so sad. And my reaction would be, call dad, he will make you feel better. And then I would realize that I couldn't do that. And it would be this whole, I don't, you know, this just this heart wrenching thing that kept happening. And I, I had this instinct to just call my dad or go see my dad and I couldn't do it anymore. And it was the recognition of that. And, um, after doing that, having those kinds of thoughts and dreams for probably, I don't know, a couple weeks, I just recognized that I couldn't go on like this anymore. I, you know, I could, I had to, I had to change the way I was thinking. I had to move on. I had to pick myself up and, uh, and learn from this and be able to carry on with my life. Um, I, you know, I was 25 at the time and had a lot of living to do. So at a certain point I said, you know, if I could call my dad right now, if I could call him and have a conversation, I know that I can't, but if I could, what would he say? And the answer that I felt I got, you know, is a piece of wisdom that I, I feel my dad orchestrated into my mind. Maybe it was myself, who knows, um, was, you know, okay, Sage, I'm not here anymore. I'm, I'm not here in the physical with you anymore. And you have a choice right now. You could make this uh, the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You could feel bad for yourself. You could be the victim. Other people will feel bad for you. Um, you could stop going to school for the semester. I had to choose pretty quickly whether I was going to. My dad died on August 30th. My semester was starting August like 2nd or 3rd. So I was in graduate school at the time at NYU. So I had to decide, am I going to sit this semester out or am I just going to take a couple weeks off? And, and do this semester. So I felt like he was saying you could take the semester off. You could, you know, no one would blame you. You could, um, and you could mope for a long time. Or you could change this around. So you could make this something that you grow from. You could change the way you look at things, you know, choose to see this as a miracle and choose to look for signs and, and choose to recognize that we all come here with a round trip ticket and we all leave one day, you know, there's nobody comes here and stays forever. This is a natural process of life. So you can celebrate this. We celebrate the birth. We can celebrate the death too. And by doing that, you know, celebrate the life that the person lived. And I just felt like I was at this sort of crossroads, like, which way am I going to take this? Should, should I, you know, and I, and obviously after having it so clearly in my mind that I had two choices here, I, I chose to, to, to go the positive route, to say, yes, this doesn't have to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I can go to school. That will be a good distraction for me. You know, I don't need to take an entire six months off and do nothing because that honestly might make it worse. And some people might need to do that and that's fine. It just wasn't the answer for me. And so in these sort of thought process, I was reminded of a story that I had heard my dad tell um, I, like I said, at this time, I had just been with him in Australia, hearing him speak at these um, weekend long events. And he frequently told the story of a, um, it was a, a, a father who had a son, and the son had gone off to war. And, um, and this was story was set back, you know, I don't know, long time ago, in my mind, 1800s. That's how I picture it. I don't, I actually don't know who wrote this story. It, it's not my dad's story, but he would quote it. And, um, 
and the son goes off to war and then the father gets, you know, that knock on the door that nobody wants to get that's saying that his father had actually, that his son had died in, in the war. And um, a few other people in the town got the same knock on their door. So it was a time of mourning for a lot of people in this town. But that night, the father went out into town and he went dancing and, um, and he went dancing and he went celebrating and he's singing and he's happy. And so somebody goes up to him, uh, who's also from the town and knows that his son has died and says, I just don't understand. How could you be out celebrating and dancing and smiling and having joy when you just learned that your son died today? And the father's answer was, um, sooner or later, I'm going to have to move on from this or it's going to kill me. It's going to be the end of my life. And I'm just choosing sooner. And, you know, I ran that story through my mind and I thought, yeah, I don't, there is no set amount of time that I have to stay stuck in this situation or in any situation. Um, I can always, I can choose sooner. I can choose to I can choose to pick myself up. I can choose joy and I can choose to feel joy sooner. I don't have to feel sad all the time for any given amount of time. I can choose sooner, you know, and I just kept saying that to myself. And I'm not saying that feeling the sadness is a bad thing. That's obviously part of the process, but you just don't have to feel it all the time, you know. Um, And as I recollected these stories and these, and I had this sort of shift in my, mindset and in my the, the thoughts that I was choosing to have that's really when I started to see this whole process as a miracle and I started to have dreams of my dad that I truly felt were visitations no longer just convincing him not to die um you know I started to get awesome awesome signs which I can share some of them with you if we have time um oh, of course and you know what I just I just because actually that was going to be one of my questions because It's because this sounds like it was a super, super powerful, impactful, you know, impact to you into your growth. But my question was going to be, you know, what other moments have you had that have had this type of impact or even greater impact than this, which I mean, this sounds immense as it is, but I can imagine that maybe there was that this is the the, the top tier, but I could or there can be something else that's really just open you up to something. So, yeah, I do want to hear any other uh, awakenings or or moments that, that inspired you. Yeah, no, totally. So this was kind of like the start of like a a shift for me and viewing this in a different way. And then, so shortly after this, we, we, uh, as a family, most of us went out to Maui because that's actually where my dad was when he passed away. It's where his body was. Um, so we made a trip out there. We all felt like we needed to go there. And when we flew in that night, um, I remember seeing the stars and the stars on in Hawaii and on Maui are just so unbelievably bright, especially in comparison to New York, where New York City, where I live, where you actually mm-hmm. cannot see the stars. <laughs> you can't even really see the moon unless you are in a place where you can just happen to look up and see it in your small space of sky that you can look up and see from inside of a city. So, so I was really noticing these stars because I'm a little deprived of the stars in the city, and um. I was just thinking how beautiful and bright they were. And my dad often started out his talks with this uh, video of, that goes through our galaxy and then all these galaxies and just showing the billions upon billions of stars and how infinite our universe is. And we can't even comprehend 
how infinite it is. And so it, it made me, I was just having this deep thought on the drive back from the airport, looking at these stars. And then the next day, um, again, this is just a couple weeks after my dad had passed away. The next day I'm laying on the beach and the sun's out and it's a beautiful day. And I'm laying on my towel and I'm looking up at the sky and it just, and I had a flashback memory of the night before looking up at that same sky, but seeing all these bright stars. And now it's the middle of the day and I obviously can't see a single star, but, um, so I just kind of thought about that and I was thinking, but Tidge, even though you can't see these stars, you know that they're there. And I felt like I had this moment of realization and I almost heard my dad's voice saying to me, that's exactly how I am now. Uh, you know, you can't see me, but you have to know that I'm here. You have to know that I'm around you and even more, you know, and people, I know that that's a quote that people have said before, just because you can't see the stars in the day that, you know, there's, you know, that they're still there, but it had never impacted me the thinking about it that way. And, um, and that kind of, got me thinking in a different way. It's like we perceive this whole world that we live in, our whole, uh, everything about what we do, we perceive it with our five senses, our eyes and our ears and our smell and taste and touch. And, um, and that's it. That's we're limited by these bodies to perceive the world with those five senses. I mean, some of us have this sixth sense or intuition, but aside from, you know, that you have these five senses and but when you really think about it, you know that these senses are limited. And in that moment, I, I thought about this because I thought my eyes don't have the ability to see these stars because of how bright the sun is right now. But I still know that they're there. And it's like, and then I thought about the fact that there's AM and FM radio waves like coursing through the air right where I am right now and right where I was there. But I'm not a radio and I don't have an antenna, so I don't perceive them, you know, and it's like right now, I, my perception is I'm sitting still at my desk in my apartment. But the reality is I'm sitting on a rock that's hurling through space and rotating in different <laughs> directions. And, you know, so our perceptions, we know that they're skewed and we know that they're off and that they're limited. And uh, yet we still trust them to tell us everything about the world and about what we know. But if you can just remember that how limited these physical bodies really, I mean, our physical bodies are amazing they're miraculous, but they're also very limited and, and we're much more than these bodies. And if you can honor that, and then you might, it might be easier to believe that our loved ones, they might leave these physical bodies, but they don't leave, um, they don't leave you, you know, just cause you no longer have, they don't have a physical body. So your eyes can't see them and your hands can't touch them and you can't smell them, but you can perceive them in different ways if you're open to it. And, and recognizing that, how limited I am by these, uh, these senses that I have and how much more there is out there that I know is there, it was another moment for me where I was like, yeah, I mean, you can't believe everything you see. We know that. Can't, can't believe everything that your senses tell you. And my senses are telling me my dad's gone, but I know that he's still here with me because I'm still feeling him in a way that I you know, can't always explain. And so that was another one of those moments where it was like, yeah, I don't have to make this a bad thing. This can be a beautiful thing. This can be an opportunity to learn and be interested in what happens to us after we, we leave our physical bodies and, and to get to know my dad from that side and to think about the day that I one day leave my physical body and I don't have to fear that time, you know, it can be a beautiful 
whole thing. Right. It, it, that almost goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning, this clear cognizance energy, this knowing. And you said that perfectly, you know, through the experience with, you know, what you were sharing about with your dad and this, this knowing. You can't necessarily always touch it or embrace it, but you know, just like you know that the, the stars um, are out there. You know, I as I'm hearing you speak and things like that, and um, I have not had a... Um, a, a a person uh, that has I have not had a significant loss um, as of yet. I mean, I've had family members, but you know, not a, not a parent and, and things like that. I've had a cat, which is like my child. I've had that, right. you know, but but not a human. And I and uh, obviously working in the realm that we work, um, people passing and you know connecting to this amazing afterlife and having these visitations and and such. Um, do you have um, or some advice or what would you suggest or recommend with someone who's um, experienced a tremendous loss? You know, obviously, you know, choosing sooner and things like that. Um, there are some people who are just absolutely um, devastated with 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 a loss. Do you have any suggestions on from from you experiencing you know, your dad's passing of anything that you would suggest or recommend on how they could, you know, step into that maybe a little bit easier at all? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different kinds of loss and I, you know, I lost my father. Most people go through life and lose a parent at some point. I mean, I think it happened for me a bit younger than what's normal. Majority of my friends still have both of their parents alive, but it happens to most of us at some point. And then sometimes it's, it tragically happens the other way where you lose a child or a nephew or a niece or, you know, somebody younger than you that you just don't expect to leave. And I think that that's a different kind of loss and pain. And I don't claim to be, um, you know, an expert on that at all, because I have no idea what that feels like. But for the kind of loss I went through, and I think it can be extrapolated to all loss, but I'm just, I just want to say that I recognize that that's different. You know, my advice would be to, 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 to like, I've, like what these things taught me is sort of choose to see it as a miracle, choose to see it as, you know, as leaving, just you know, my dad used to say, it's, it's, I will never be gone. I'll just be in the other room, you know? You can't see me anymore, but you have to know that I'm there. I'm just in the next room. Um, Choosing to see it that way and not as this final end, you know, this severing of ties and parting ways and these never agains. I mean, my mind went all through the, all the nevers, all the forevers. Um, it's like my mind wanted me to suffer more. And you, you have all these thoughts. I'll, I'll never call my dad again. I'll never hug my dad again. I'll never get a card from my dad again. You know, I'll never see him again in person. It, on and on and on it goes. And then and these forevers. And it's like I would, I used to remember when, it, when he had first passed away, I would think I can handle this right now in this moment. But when I think about forever, when I think about the rest of my life, when I think about big events that I still had to take place and I, I you know, getting married, now having my first child, when I thought about those then, it would invoke such a terror, fear, awful feeling inside of me because you, you think about forever. But like I said, it was it's when I started to change my thought process and just choose to see this life that we live as, you know, um, it's like a parenthesis in eternity and his parentheses close, but 
but it goes on forever. It's eternity is still there. It's just, it's our, it's how long we choose to stay in the physical is, is irrelevant to our soul and who we are. And we, I think we always still stay with the people we love. So if you choose to have these kinds of beliefs, I think it takes a lot of the burden off of loss and these kinds of thoughts of forever and never, and I can't go on. And when in reality, it, you can you can still experience your loved ones. I truly believe it. You can. My dad has given me so many cool, awesome signs and shown me that he's still there taking care of me in so many different ways. Um, but it, it's me being open to those to that idea that he can do that. That he can, that he's giving me these signs or he's still taking care of me. That has made this journey bearable and beautiful and and something to learn from and grow from. Yeah, it's um I I love that. And the 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 thing is too is that this human experience we're such tangible creatures, you know, that it goes back to the senses that that you were talking about. But what we go back to is having this infinite belief that, you know, we're energy, we're experiences, we are situations, we are etheric. And right. when we tap into that space of knowing I'm going to use your words because I love them. This is a um, a round trip ticket and and that we are, this is just part of the experience that we are going to be reunited and it's not forever here. This is just, you know, in between that dash that we're experiencing right now. And when we remind ourselves that and and see ourselves as part of the totality, then maybe it'll become just... A little bit easier. Totally, I agree. So you said you had mentioned uh, about choosing sooner, and so I just want to know how you integrate the idea of choosing sooner with awareness, knowing that you probably already kind of answered this. But I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, how you relating the choosing sooner with awareness. Like, how does awareness play into the idea of choosing sooner? Yeah, I think awareness is intertwined in any kind of Anytime you're making a choice to, um, to, to choose thoughts that are more beneficial to your, to your being, to yourself, you're choosing that with awareness, you know, because it's, it's without awareness that we sit in our thoughts and wallow in negativity and what's wrong with my life and what's not going right and what am I upset about? I mean, that's kind of awareness-less <laughs> thinking right 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 which right. is part of human nature and that's okay I and mean, don't no judgment on doing that because we all do it at times but then when you bring awareness to those situations you begin to choose thoughts and plans and actions that um that bring your you to a higher place you know that uh benefit your life that that bring you up in a different kind of way so i think uh, having and we don't always have the ability to have that awareness. Sometimes you do just need to wallow in a little bit of sadness and accept that for your say, for yourself for that time. But then choose sooner when you feel ready and bring awareness to that situation. Meditate, rest, sleep, do something that makes you feel good. Well, the question with that is, do you need to be aware to choose sooner or can you choose sooner without knowing you're choosing sooner or rather not knowing you're doing it with awareness is that possible to choose sooner even without awareness yeah i, I mean i think so i think 
I think yes. I think sometimes it could just be your instinct. Mm-hmm. That could be argued both ways, I think. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think sometimes it's your intuition. It's your instinct. You're not even aware that you're doing it. And that's, and that's great too. But it's, the, it's also those times that you become aware that you're self-sabotaging in whatever you're doing or you're thinking. You're not, you're not helping yourself. You're not helping anybody else. And, and that's when you need to bring the awareness in to choose sooner. But I think definitely there are times where you do it without awareness. It's, and maybe the more you do it with awareness the more you begin to do it without awareness because it becomes your second nature. I like so agree with that because it's almost <laughs> like the, the, this is where they, these interesting conversations begin to unfold. Right. You know, the the unawareness could be actually where you surrender mm-hmm. and there's this guiding force leading you like you leaning leaning into spirit and all of a sudden you feel um, guided or that someone is holding you and you just completely um, hit that point. Um, and then all of a sudden something clicks and something happens. And then all of a sudden you, you are in a, um, a place of maybe transcendence or a place of peace or grace of whatever that is, which then cultivates the consciousness and the awareness that holy moly something's happening the more i let go the more i experience in this place of peace and grace and then that can the unawareness can trigger the awareness which then creates the the practice Mm -hmm. of continuing to surrender and let go (laughs) right without even doing it totally right Without even knowing. The other thing is too is that, um, and I I think we had this conversation um, before when we did the Facebook Live, um, that when when you choose to stay positive, uh, obviously we believe, or actually I have a belief system. I'm sure you probably do that heaven, um, the afterlife, uh, where all of these beautiful souls reside, is at a higher vibration or a leveling up, if you will, that positive space. So if we are in a place where we're experiencing sadness or grief, that could be more on a place of resistance or at a lower space, that we can actually feel this consciousness, we can feel this awareness if we go into gratitude, if we go into compassion, if we go into choosing sooner, if we go into um, experiencing love, um, do you feel that the higher we raise that vibration of going into the compassion and gratitude, love and kindness, and seeing this as the miracle that it is, that we have more access to feel those feelings and experiences from our loved ones that have passed? Yeah, I totally think that that's a big part of it. I mean, I think um, it, it reminds me of the teachings of Abraham and Esther Hicks, and she she did a program with my dad. Um, and my dad (laughs) would have, uh, if we wanted a Christmas gift from our dad, we had, he would give us an assignment that we had to do. So so (laughs) really, Oh my God, this is great. (laughs) So the Christmas before he passed away, his assignment to us was that we had to, um, watch his program that he had done with Esther Hicks and Abraham and then write a, (laughs) our reaction to it basically. And right, you know, like a page or two on our reaction to what, what stood out to us the most, I think was what he asked us to write about. So if we wanted a Christmas gift, we had to do that. So 
we all did that. <laughs> and, um, and then, and I, re- and I remember watching it and it definitely impacted me, but I actually watched it again after my dad passed away because I just had a new perspective on things and I had a bigger curiosity for it. You know, the first time I watched it, I was doing it because I wanted a Christmas gift. <laughs> <This Right. laughs> time I was doing it because I really wanted to hear what she was saying and Abraham was saying. And anyway, she explained, she said that when her partner, her human partner, Jerry passed away, she couldn't experience him at first. She couldn't find, even though she is a, a channelist and a medium or I don't know what she calls herself exactly, but somebody who openly speaks to spirits who pass on, she could not communicate with Jerry. And it was really, really frustrating for her. And it took her a little bit of time to recognize that, um, Jerry's energy was now, you know, up here. I'm putting my hand above my head right now. I know you can't see me, but Jerry's energy is all the way up here. He's spinning at a frequency that, you know, for for particles, I mean, it's, this is science, for particles to come into matter, they have to slow down. Their frequencies have to slow down, their speed. You know, you take water that's in a gas form when it's boiling or whatever, it turns into steam and it's, the particles are all over the place and they're they're jumping around and they're dancing. And then you condense that back into water and then you put it in the freezer and you make it ice and those particles aren't moving at all. So when we go from non-form to form, we, we have the energy of these particles has to slow down and that's just, you know, physics right there. But, um, so anyway, Jerry recognized that, that, I mean, not Jerry, Esther recognized that Jerry was now no longer constrained by this physical body and that when you leave you're just you're at such a higher frequency of love and you know an energy that it's hard for us to match at a human level but it but she believes that it's possible and so when she remembered that she realized that she couldn't experience him when she was all the way down here you know now I'm putting my hand down at my belly button she's all the way down here with her energy because she's grieving and she's sad and she's angry and um so there's just too much of a disconnect there. So if she wanted to raise Jerry up here above my head, if she wanted to be able to experience him, she had to raise her energy up so that, you know, she could be at his level. And I think that, you know, and, and, and she did that and, and she began to experience Jerry from the other side and be able to communicate with him. And I, and I think that's true for us too. I mean, if you're sitting, or I think that's true for anyone at any time, in any experience, not just, you know, yes, I, when you want to experience your loved ones and get signs from them and hear from them, you, you have to be able to raise your vibration, you know, and, and become into a space of joy because that's where they are. And it's really hard for them to meet you down in this place because they're just spinning too fast. They're, they're up too high on the, on the frequency scale. And I think that that is true for wanting to experience your loved ones. I think it's true in life with anything that you want to bring to yourself. You know, you can't do it from a place of, if you're trying to manifest abundance or something like that, you can't do it from a place of lack. You can't sit and wallow in all the abundance you don't have and how your business is failing or you just got fired from your job. I mean, you have to, although it may be hard in those situations, you have to raise yourself up to match this level of abundance that you want to attract into your life. And and I think that's true for so many things and we're not always capable of it. So don't be hard on yourself when you're not, but just recognize that when you feel ready and you bring yourself back up and that's when, you know, everything starts to work out. And going along with that theme and, you know, even using the word love and, 
you know, the vibrations and frequencies. And, and I almost feel like, you know, we're clobbered over the heads with, you know, light and love, you know, every day, every moment that we're just pounced on top of our head, you know, with it. But so then, but why is it so hard for other people to, to see and, and feel that? I think it goes right back along with what, you know, what I was just kind of saying, what we were all saying is like, if you're not there, you, you know, to see it, with, to experience it, if you're, if you're not there yet, it's just going to go right over your head. So you have to be open to receiving and open to seeing the beauty in the world. I mean, two people can look at the exact same situation and walk away with completely different perceptions of what happened. And, and that speaks to where you are at in your mind, you know? Um, and so I think it's our responsibility to raise the thoughts that we have to a, a higher frequency, you know, make a conscious choice, have the awareness around what we're thinking, what we're doing, how we're feeling, and just always raising it, raising the bar. Staying mindful, right? Staying mindful, staying present, yeah. staying aware. And this is the energy of consciousness. Oh, it's so amazing. Do you have any last words or wisdom or energies that you or messages that your dad shares that you want to share with everyone? Yeah, I mean, just keeping with the theme of today, I guess, uh, bring <laughs> bring awareness into all your actions and your thoughts and your uh, interactions with different people. Bring, bring the awareness that you want, bring, whether that be love, uh, abundance, uh, joy, you know, all of the above. Bring that all into your interactions and see if things start to change. Awesome. So good. We are so grateful um, that you joined us uh, this evening and sharing your amazing news uh, with everyone. We couldn't be more excited um, uh, for you both on your bundle of joy, getting ready to enter this uh, human experience uh, next year, 2019. So awesome is that. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about awareness and consciousness and your dad with um, all of us. We'll be put sure to put the, um, <laughs> your dad will be super proud of us uh, putting the uh, the YouTube video with um, uh, Esther and uh, Abraham yeah. <laughs> and um, her um, actually that, that program with your, your dad, we'll put those in the show notes with everything. And then also, um, just to plug, uh, your amazing restaurant that, um, in New York, um, Tableside, if anyone has, uh, had the opportunity to, um, be in New York, um, do you want to give us the location of where that's at? Sure. And just to say, it was also so great to be on here with you guys. Thanks <laughs> so much for having me. Um, yes. The restaurant is, yes, like you said, it's called Tableside, and it's in the East Village of Manhattan. It's on 6th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue. And I do have to say that um, I visited there um, last year, and um, at that time, um, they were very, very conscious. <laughs> we're going to be using that word. They were very, very conscious and aware of any uh, dietary restrictions. I will tell you, um, the food is beyond amazing. The environment is um, absolutely amazing. So if anyone gets an opportunity to go uh, check that out, then um, I would highly, highly recommend it. But um, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening and um, many, many blessings to you. I know we'll, we'll be in touch and um, 
we'll see you next time. Okay, thank you guys. Good night. Good night. Thank you. 